0: You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Good morning. It's so good to be back with you after being gone for a couple of weeks. Cammie and I had an opportunity to be away. It was a great trip. It was better than anything we could have imagined. God was very good. There were some good divine appointments. But there's no place not home. You always have to come home. Vacation can't last forever, can it? And so here we are. Uh, I want to just give a big shout out of thanks to Pastor David Berry and to uh, Pastor Nick for stepping in and teaching while I was away. And so today we're continuing on with our series Encountered by Jesus. This is our third week. And with Thanksgiving just a few days away, how appropriate it would be that today we would focus on gratitude. So with that in mind, I'd like for you to take your Bibles and open up to Luke chapter 17. And then um, I want you to watch this brief video with me that asks a very important question about gratitude. So I suppose the question that we're asking this morning is, what is the measure of our gratitude? What is the measure of our gratitude? You know, I grew up as a, a good old Southern Baptist boy from, from the youngest age I can remember. And because of that, um, I am very familiar with so many of the old hymns of the church. And because of that, many of those hymns are kind of cataloged into my heart and into my mind. So as I was preparing for this message this week, one of those uh, old hymns very appropriately kind of rose to the surface. And some of you uh, may uh, be familiar with these words. Uh, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, count your many blessings, see what God has Done. And then the chorus goes on, count your blessings, count your blessings, name them one by one. And if you remember, if you were part of the Southern Baptist Church when you were growing up, you would get to the end, you'd go, count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Anybody remember that? Yeah, a few of you. What a great reminder. What a great encouragement that every day that we would stop and we would take inventory of all that God is doing in us and through us and around us, because God is so involved in every day of our lives, and he is continually at work. You know, the truth of the matter is that the blessings that God bestows on us are actually too great to number. And so often what happens as We take these blessings for granted and we miss the opportunity to stop and say, thank you, God. Thank you for what you've done. I know that I'm guilty of that. And it's not just that I'm guilty of it every day. I'm guilty of it basically every hour of the day. So many things that God is doing and I fail to stop and just say, thank you, God. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. I'm not as successful as I would like to be at living out the directive of First Thessalonians 5.18. And this is what it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. How many circumstances did it say to give thanks in? All. Not just some, but give thanks in all circumstances. And I find it very interesting that the directive is that we give not thanks for every circumstance, but that we give thanks in every circumstance. And there really is a difference. I know for me, it seems much easier for me to give thanks for uh, the promotion that I get, or the raise, or the new car, or the new house. It's so much easier to thank God for those things He provides, but I find that it's much more challenging to thank God in. Those difficult, challenging situations in our lives. Anybody else? Do you find less thanks in those? In other words, we don't find it as easy to say, Thank you, God, in this challenging situation at work. Or thank you, God, in this challenging situation at school. Or thank you, God, in this challenging situation at home or in my family. We find it much more challenging because it's difficult and we have questions. Why? Why do we have to go through this as opposed to stopping and thanking God because say to say, God... I don't understand everything that's happening right now, but I know that in this situation, you are allowing me the opportunity to grow and to change because you're teaching me something. And so, God, I thank you. When we can give thanks to God in every circumstance, it reveals a heart of faith that believes that God is working, that God is bigger than even the most difficult times in life. This morning, uh, we want to look at the story of ten men. And these ten men, I suppose, were somewhat like a band of brothers. And they had banded around um, not only a difficult um, season of life, but one that seemed quite hopeless. These men had leprosy. Um, These ten men had an encounter with Jesus And it was a life-changing encounter, and out of those ten, one of those men proved to have a real, true, genuine heart of gratitude. So would you uh, follow along as I read from Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 11. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Um, I want us for just a moment to put ourselves into that story. Imagine you're on the sidelines and you're watching what's going on. Jesus and his disciples have been engaged in a journey to Jerusalem. and They've been engaged in this journey actually for several days. Um, As they're approaching one of the villages, off in the distance, there's a group of men. It's this band of brothers that I talked about, ten men. And when they see Jesus, they begin to call out to him. They may have never seen him before. They may have never met him. But evidently, they had heard about him. And they had heard about his healing power. And so they called out to him from the distance. And they said, Jesus, Master, Teacher, have mercy on us. Now remember, these ten men had leprosy as this. Scripture tells us. So it's as if they were calling out to the healer, Jesus, Master, Teacher, would you heal us of this leprosy? Jesus has a great response. It's a response much different than we might imagine. Before any a miracle has occurred, he just says, go and show yourself to the priests. And what did the ten men do? They began movement. They began to walk Wherever it might be, to show themselves to the priest. Again, we can conclude that they must have heard about Jesus. They must have heard that this man called Jesus has the power to work miracles. He heals the sick. And so, with that somewhat measure of faith, they turn and they begin a journey to show themselves to the priests because only the priest could declare them clean. And as they're walking, imagine what's happening. They're making movement and suddenly their movement slows down and they begin to look at their hands and they begin to feel their hands and they look at their arms and they begin to feel their face and they know that something is different. There were sores here. There was infection. And now their skin as if it were just created, it's clean, it's clear. They look at their legs and they they realize a miracle has taken place. They're healed And so they continue on their journey to show themselves to the priest. However, one of the ten, as the nine are walking, the one stops. And he looks and he feels and he looks back and Jesus is in the distance. And though this isn't written in the scripture, we have to believe that he says, I have to go and give thanks. I've encountered, I've encountered Jesus, the Messiah. He truly is the healer. And the scripture says that he made his way to Jesus and in a loud voice he said, Thank you, Jesus, for healing me. And he fell on his face and he began to worship him and he gave him thanks. That one man... It's not to say that the other nine weren't grateful But there was something that happened. This man had two encounters with Jesus. The first encounter was calling out and Jesus saying, go show yourself to the priest. But the second encounter was coming face to face with him and giving him thanks for what he had done. I want to spend some time talking about the significance of this encounter. And we would begin by saying, what's so significant about the need that these men had? Well, the obvious need is that they had leprosy. Biblical leprosy was not just limited to something called Hansen's disease, which was really a flesh-eating, wasting away of the skin. But biblical leprosy could include a variety of skin rashes and skin diseases. It could be ringworm. It could be psoriasis. It could be something called leukoderma. Leukoderma is when the skin begins to lose its color in patches throughout the body. Some of these were much more contagious. Others... Not so much. The priest played a key role. It was really a dual role. The priest, of course, they oversaw the religious activity and ceremony of the day, but they also acted as uh, like a health inspector. The, the priest were responsible for diagnosing someone who was believed to have leprosy. And the guidelines that had been laid out in the law of Moses were very specific. They were very strict guidelines about this diagnosis. And if a person was diagnosed with leprosy, it was like a death sentence. When we look in um, Leviticus chapter 13, verses 45 and 46, it says that he shall dwell alone. So he being that one that's been diagnosed with leprosy, he shall dwell alone outside of the camp shall be his dwelling. So the first thing that happens is if you're diagnosed with leprosy, it's like a death sentence because you go into isolation to stop the disease from spreading to the people around you. Uh, the fate of the person became even worse because of this requirement, uh, because uh, they had to keep themselves away from healthy people, so they became social outcasts. They were cut off from their family, they were cut off from their community, and if they were to come near an, uh, a healthy person, they had to declare, unclean, unclean, and that meant, I have leprosy, I have leprosy, I won't come near you, but you stay away from me. So they were social outcasts. Many believed that leprosy was an act of God's judgment. And so there was very little compassion on the person who had leprosy because it was believed that this person has brought this suffering on themselves because of some kind of sin in their life. So once again, what's so significant about the need uh, that these men are encountering through leprosy? Well, they had the worst disease of their day. Literally, they had the worst disease of their day. Uh, The leprosy positioned them as social outcasts. Again, they were cut off from their families. They were cut off from their community. And because of the stigma and the isolation of leprosy, they were in a hopeless situation that had a less than desirable future. Thankfully, these ten men had an encounter with Jesus. Thankfully, these ten men had an encounter with Jesus. What's so significant about this encounter? Well, I think the significance is seen in some very key phrases that's within those nine verses that we read. In verse 12 we read, As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out to him, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. So the manner in which Jesus reacted to their plea is of great significance because in verse 14 we read, When he, Jesus, saw them. Do you catch that? They called out to him with their voices. So it would seem like the scripture would say, So when Jesus heard them. But it doesn't say that. They called out with their voices and it says, Jesus saw them. He saw them. Jesus took time to see the very people that others ignored. Others stayed away from. Others considered outcasts because of the stigma of leprosy. Uh, because some believed it was an act of God's judgment, because some couldn't bear to see the sores and the infection and all that was accompanied by that infection, those with leprosy became like invisible people. It's as if they were invisible, as if they did not exist to the community around them. But listen, that was not the case with Jesus. That was not the case with Jesus. Let me ask you this morning, have you ever felt ignored? Have you ever felt overlooked? Have you ever felt invisible? Particularly when you're going through a very challenging time in your life. Have you ever felt like, I'm just going through hell right now, and nobody sees me, nobody cares, nobody notices, I'm in this alone. It's as if I am invisible Here's what I want to say to you this morning. Not so with Jesus. Not so with Jesus. You're never invisible to him. You're never overlooked. You're never ignored. He is aware of every detail of our lives. And he's attending to the de- He's always at work. Uh, the manner in which Jesus responded is significant. Again, their community had shunned them. People feared them because they were contagious. Nobody wanted to help them. There was a void of compassion for these people. But that wasn't the case with Jesus. That's not how he responded to them. In fact, Jesus was compassionate and he responded to their point of need. He said, Go show yourselves to the priest. So they called out, Jesus, Master, Teacher, have mercy on us. Heal us of our leprosy. He didn't pass judgment on them. He didn't say, you brought this on yourself. There's nothing I can do for you. But instead, his heart was filled with compassion. He saw them when no one else saw them. And he acted on their behalf. Jesus always has compassion for us. Jesus always responds to our point of need. Regardless of what it is, He does not turn His back on you. He doesn't turn His back on me. He always has compassion. I would think that it's possible... That at first, these ten men thought his response was a little strange. Before a healing had ever occurred, he said, go show yourself to the priests. You would think that there would be some kind of interaction because when we look at other miracles in the Bible, he spits, he puts mud, he touches, whatever he does, but not here, from a distance, he says, go show yourself to the priest. Again, I have to believe that these men had heard about Jesus. They had heard of his miracles. And because of that, there was some measure of faith that was functioning in them. And because of this, Jesus gave these lepers an opportunity to partner their faith with action. When they began the journey to show themselves to the priest, even if they didn't completely understand it, as they took those steps, and who knows, was it the first step or was it the fifth step, something supernatural occurred. Their bodies were cleansed of leprosy. Every encounter that you and I have with Jesus is an opportunity for us to partner our faith with action. Jesus calls on us to take action. We have faith, but we put feet to our faith. And when we do, even if we don't completely understand what's being asked of us, we make way for the supernatural to happen in our lives. Just as those ten men began to walk And the supernatural occurred. When we follow the directive of Jesus, we open the way for the supernatural and miracles take place in our lives. The encounter that these ten men had with Jesus um, turned their hopeless situation into a new lease on life. Remember, uh, they were lepers, so they were cut off from their family, they were cut off from their community, but now they were healed The priest would confirm that healing, and now they could rejoin their community. They could rejoin family life. They could go back to some kind of normal life, but I don't think their life would be normal. I think that because they had an encounter with Jesus, and they recognized that this man healed my skin of this terrible disease, that they would always be different. They would always be different. They were no longer outcast. Those are all really significant things. But I think for today's message, the most significant thing that we can look at is the response of the one leper. Not ten were healed. Ten began to go show themselves to the priests. But one turned back. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Ten lepers were healed, but only one came back to thank Jesus. It's not even to say that these men weren't thankful, but this man had something well up in his heart. He had a heart of gratitude. He came back with a strong, emotional, Outburst of gratitude and thanksgiving. He thanked God in a loud voice. Again, it was heartfelt. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. There was humility. And he thanked him. He was filled with gratitude. And I love the response that Jesus has. Weren't there ten of you? Where, where are the other nine? Where, where are the other nine? And as I was thinking about this, I thought, okay, I have, to, I have to ask myself this question. The one showed great measure of gratitude. What's the measure of my gratitude? Am I like the nine or am I like the one? We want to be like the one. Right, that we're continually filled with gratitude. God is good. God is always at work. He's working in us. He's working for us. He's working around us. And believing that to be true, we should choose to acknowledge God's goodness every day in every aspect of our life, never taking it for granted. Uh, we have to choose to be thankful in every circumstance, even the most difficult. And we have to choose to cultivate An attitude of gratitude. So this morning, I want to ask the question again. What is the measure of our gratitude? How often do we overlook, do we take for granted what God has done in our lives? This morning, I want to lead us towards a time of putting our gratitude to action. In your worship guide, you should have a small little card, business card size, you'll pull it out, if everybody in the room will pull that out and says, what am I thankful for? In just a few minutes, you're going to just sit and you're going to listen to just a beautiful song, a beautiful song of gratitude and thanksgiving, worship and praise. And as you're listening, I want you to just do that. I don't want you to feel like I've got to try to catch the words so I can sing. This is more absorb it, take it in. But while you're doing that, I want you to begin to think about what have you overlooked? What have you failed to thank God for? And as you're sitting there, believe that the Holy Spirit will reveal specific things to you. And, then, and I want everybody in the room to do this. I want you to write it on that card. I want you to just write on that card what you're thankful for. And then as you're sitting there, maybe you just want to sit with that for a few minutes, but you're going to have about five minutes. And at some point, I want you to get up from your seat, and I want you to come, and I want you to drop that card, And a basket. There's a basket on either side of the platform. And that's your your action of gratitude. Believing that even as you do that today, it would open up uh, the pathway for God's supernatural power to work in you because you're recognizing how great He is. And after this, I'll come back and I'll close us out in a prayer.
1: got one response, I've got just one move, with my arms stretched wide, I will worship you, yes, survive so through my hands, I praise you again. She
0: you forgive us for the times that we have taken your your blessing your provision for granted i ask that you forgive us for those times where we find us ourselves in difficult situations and we fail to say thanks recognizing that you're helping us grow even in the most challenging times so today our hearts are filled with gratitude and we say thank you god thank you god Thank you, God. I pray that this would not be something that just happened for a few minutes in a service, but there would be something that would happen in us because we are having an encounter with Jesus right now. That this would be a way that we live life, that every day we would stop and count our blessings and we would say, thank you, Jesus. That we would continually take inventory and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your care. The small things and the big things. Thank you, Jesus. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just that question that I ask every week. And I refuse to stop asking it. Is there anybody here today and you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ? You've never said, I recognize I need a Savior. I've never acknowledged my sin to God. And so today I choose to do that. I choose to have an encounter with Jesus where I recognize how great He is, how much He loves me, and I recognize the fact that the greatest encounter for me is that Jesus died for me on the cross. And so today I say that I believe, I confess, and I ask for forgiveness of my sin. And I say, Jesus, I want to engage with you in a lifetime where my life is centered, it's focused on you. If that's you today and you've never done that before, would you just lift up your hand Let me know that you're signifying you want to do that today. Is there anybody here? And you're saying, today, for the first time, I'm asking Jesus into my heart. Anybody at all? Would you stand? Father, thank you for your greatness and your goodness. And so today, as a people, we give you thanks. And I speak continued blessings on everyone as they go. And everybody who agreed said... Amen. God bless you. We are so glad you're here. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your time with your family. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.